Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Hello, my name is Kelly Brownell. I'm the director of the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Obesity at Yale University. I'm delighted to welcome as our guest for this podcast, Dr. Matt Longjohn, who is currently the Senior Director of Chronic Disease Prevention Programs at the YMCA of the USA. Formerly, he was a fellow at the Alterum Institute. He was also the founding executive director of a group called CLOCK, the Consortium to Lower Obesity in Chicago Children, one of the most impressive groups of its type in the country, and he also serves on the faculty currently at Northwestern University. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, Kelly. I'm glad to be here. We're going to talk about physicians as advocates for chronic disease prevention. Um, Most people think of physicians in their medical practice uh, delivering care in that way, Uh, but you think of other things that physicians can do regarding chronic disease. Can you explain this concept of physicians as advocates? Well, physicians are natural advocates. Um, They're kind of constantly arguing for change. Uh, amongst their patients. They're trying to get people to make behavior changes for their own individual betterment. Uh, But uh, also, you know, at the bedside are often advocating for change in the family context. Um, People who are unhealthy, who maybe come into the hospital for a tune-up of one kind or another, often need their physician advocate uh, to be working with their other family members to really make and sustain behavior changes. And that same skill set of listening and analyzing and coming up with recommendations and having a a reliable and respectable voice for change is something that you see even on the far end of the spectrum where a lot of coalitions for chronic disease prevention are anxious, always looking for a physician leader to maybe put his white coat on or her white coat on and come give testimony at some state hearing for a bill. And there's a big range of things that happen in there between the individual and the societal level advocacy, but physicians are really natural advocates for chronic disease prevention. Do you believe that their potential to act in this role is being fully realized? No. Um, I think that uh, there have been a a couple of um, kind of silos built around physicians. There are these kind of archetypal um, physician roles in advocacy where you're either on the bedside working with an individual to coach somebody for individual level change, or you're the talking head um, that's brought in with a white coat to make some impression on a lawmaker as a bill is being debated. Um, But there's a tremendous amount of um, kind of gray area in between those things um, in boardrooms and uh, at uh, institutional level policy change um, in terms of thinking about employee benefits, um, you know, basically there's a lot of different p- spaces between that individual level advocacy and the societal level advocacy that I think we've been missing out on. And what sort of things do you think physicians could be advocating for in these contexts? I think one of the biggest things that we're missing the boat on is getting physicians to be the chief advocates um, for the health systems changes that aren't necessarily a part of a health reform legislation or package of bills, but are really about uh, developing things that we call community integrated health systems or, um, uh, you know, other you know, fancy names essentially or, or use of new technologies that are already in clinics that could be used to connect better to public health uh, and ultimately prove the efficiency and effectiveness of getting evidence-based interventions from the community into clinical practice and vice versa, essentially closing the clinic to community gap. 
So when you mention community integrated health systems, what would that be? Uh, well, this speaks to a lot of the work that um, we're doing at the Y at the moment. Um, and, um, you know, an example of this is that we have um, a signature program called the YMCA's Diabetes Prevention Program that was originally funded with about $285 million of NIH research and showed that lifestyle modification, coaching, essentially over a year through motivational interviewing and uh, et cetera, can really be more effective than even drug therapy for people with diabetes and it can, in fact, reduce diabetes diagnoses 58% of the time. The trouble with this study was that it was done purely in a clinical setting. So people had two, three, four different titles behind their names who were doing the motivational interviewing. And so even though it was very effective, the costs were still fairly high. And now what we're seeing thanks to funding by the CDC and the establishment by Congress of the National Diabetes Prevention Program, uh, are a, a whole slew of providers, such as the Y, getting into this space where maybe the child care manager or the front desk staff or someone who just loves people and gets trained to be a motivational person for a group of people can be running these evidence-based programs and what we're seeing is that physicians are the required element here, that physicians need to be able to understand that there are evidence-based solutions that don't have to be run inside the walls of the clinic, and they have to advocate at the institutional level for partnerships with community-based organizations for essentially low-cost, high-quality delivery of health system or health services that if they were run in a hospital uh, wouldn't have this clinic-to-community integration wouldn't feel or look the same to the patient or the participant, uh, and um, would be four times the cost. So you're, it sounds like you're talking about physicians as being tremendously powerful in this, I mean, powerful in a good way in, in terms of having an impact in several ways. They could refer people to such programs and take advantage of them as a resource in their community, but they can also advocate for the existence of such programs or better connections with those programs. Yeah, that's right. I think... Um, you know, in my experience as a physician advocate and, you know, working on dozens of state bills and laws and getting regulations changed and all kinds of different things, people always forget that the first thing that um, physicians, especially hospital-based physicians, have to do is they have to check in with their own government affairs people. Um, and so advocating for institutional policies, whether it's for the creation of these kinds of partnerships or the creation of these kinds of programs, or for at the other end of the spe spectrum, you know, endorsing a particular bill by a hospital or a, a practice. Physicians practice advocacy even within their own institutions, and that's a skill set that has to be kind of buttressed up through medical education. And, and I think a, another way that we in the public health space need to recognize physician advocates and their role they can play in uh, making changes for chronic disease prevention. An example of uh, what you're talking about that we've seen in our own experience are Physician, pediatricians primarily, who are consultants to school systems or serve on school boards and things like that, that they have the, a level of authority and credibility that others may not have. And if they choose to speak out on important policy-related issues, it's surprising how much impact they can have. Yeah, it is. And I think that's the allure of getting a physician to the school board meeting to speak out on something. Um, but uh, it I think that, you know, those kinds of um, opportunities, those events um, where advocacy happens in the kind of crucible of policy change in that moment, that's fine and good, and I think we should keep leveraging physicians to do that. But I think that we're missing the boat if we don't think about how 
instead of it being just about school lunch, for example, uh, which is a place where physicians are doing a lot of advocacy or physical education in the school milieu, it's also about thinking about how um, immunization registries and electronic health records connect to school health records, and how do we monitor the effects of chronic disease on absenteeism, and how do we help schools operate in a way that make them healthy zones that are a part of not just an educational silo, but really integrated with the community. Um, and this is true for child care settings, school settings. Um, I just think, again, that physicians have the ability to be leveraged a lot more broadly. Um, the challenge is that physicians are up against a lot of pressures, whether it's educational debt, whether it's you know 12-minute uh, visits with patients. And so I think part of the reason why I'm even bringing all this up is that there's been such a interest in including physicians in testimony for all these school policy changes, et cetera, that sometimes we we miss the opportunities that physicians might be best at. Um, there's often a steep learning curve for them. They might speak about things that they don't fully understand, whether it's a WIC food package change or a school lunch program change when they don't really know the economics behind it. Um, they can be a, a reliable voice, but they aren't necessarily steeped in the information that's needed to be you know, a really deep advocate. But if you engage them in how referral systems work with community-based organizations and how community coalitions can use provider groups and healthcare systems to better serve kids who are at risk for or overweight or adults as well, then I think you start seeing where physicians are going to be even better as advocates. Well, you mentioned a few moments ago that this has to become part of the thinking of the medical community so physicians realize that they have these opportunities and the, they can become a potentially important um, voice in the national debate about what to do about chronic diseases, obesity in particular, but they, that they need more training in this and more they need to think about this more along the way while they're learning how to be a physician. Are you seeing any signs that these sort of things are being integrated into a medical curriculum? Yes. Um, you know, 150 years ago, physicians were training each other one-on-one -on -one through, you know, kind of a, an apprentice model. And uh, leaders like, you know, Dr. Verchow in Czechoslovakia or Austria, I think maybe he was, you know, who were um, really basically pioneers of epidemiology and thinking about how to involve physicians in public health were natural advocates, and they passed that training down one-to-one. -one. Um, but in the new last 100 years kind of medical education system, advocacy has been essentially eliminated. Um, the, in the last 10 years, you've seen some movement here. Um, there is a new professionalism charter that uh, really recognizes the role of advocacy in the practice of medicine. Um, the Institute of Medicine, uh, you know, the American Association of Medical Colleges, uh, et cetera, have all recognized that this is a skill set that needs to be uh, redeveloped. Um, and so some now faculty appointments in medical schools have shared advocacy responsibilities. There is some inkling that uh, advocacy is making its way into the academic medical infrastructure, um, but it's too few and far between in terms of opportunities for docs to really get a lot of training on this. Well, it sounds like a very positive development that people are beginning to think about this. And as more and more physicians get activated to care about these public health issues and about prevention and about chronic diseases in general, that it could really help uh, spear a movement ahead if they, uh, if they can get trained in the right way and get mobilized and be supported for doing it in their professional lives. 
I agree. Uh, there's just this moment right now with health reform, either as a package of bills or as a general movement, that I think really provides that kind of opportunity to connect physician advocates more towards community-based or even policy-led prevention efforts. Good. Well, it'll be interesting to track this as we go forward, but thank you for sharing this information. Absolutely. Thanks. So our guest was Dr. Matt Longjohn, Senior Director of Chronic Disease Prevention Programs at the YMCA of the USA. Uh, please visit our website, www.yalerudcenter.org. There you'll find a variety of resources on food and food policy issues, including a list of other excellent podcasts that have been recorded as part of the Rudd series. Thank you.